Does this include a gratuity? Yes, sir. Call me by my dream name. And she tried to sit on my lap while I was standing up. Mommy. Mommy, why does that girl keep telling me I shouldn't go there? I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Semi-Cinematic Podcast. My name is Hunter. My name is John. My name is Max. This week we're giving everyone a sneak preview of what you can expect to hear on the show around nine months from now when November rears its ugly head. <laughs> <laughs> Our main review is John McKenzie's London-based crime saga, The Long Good Friday. But first we're going to talk about what we've been watching recently and let's start with Max. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty strong week. Um, I finally got around to watching uh, Ridley Scott's The Last Duel oh. uh, from last year. Yeah, I, I'm i a little bummed I didn't see this one in theaters. Uh, it just didn't work out time-wise, and then by the time it did, it was on HBO Max. So uh, that's where I watched it, and I um, I don't know. I really like this one. I recommend checking it out. It's it's well acted. I I think like I don't know what it was. I think I was like because Ben Affleck is pretty heavily featured um, in the trailers, and his look I don't know. I know Matt Damon caught some flack um, for his for his mullet, but his character is actually pretty well acted, and his story is is, is pretty compelling, and it was good. Uh, a nice, you know, unreliable narrator, kind of told from three different viewpoints, and it's you know 14th century France, and it's got that uh, Ridley Scott kind of trademark brutality there because you know this is you know as as various wars and battles are going on, and I don't know, sword fighting was looks like a real blast <laughs> uh, if you're not on the receiving end of the sword uh, there. Just very, um, very realistic, and um, uh, a fun ending too. So, I recommend that one. And then the other film that I had watched that I'll talk about today was um, the original West Side Story uh, from 1961. I I had seen Steven Spielberg's version uh, a couple times actually last year, and. I'm, I'm pretty fond of that one, and I, I felt it was only right to see the source material, or, or at least the original. And this is a rare case for me. I don't know if you guys have this, where you prefer the remake over the original. Oh. I'm sure it's happened, but I can't think. That's a, that's actually a good like uh, debate prompt. Are there any? I can't think of any offhand, but Oh, well, the two that are obvious, I think, are The Thing and The Fly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think of any besides the ones that it kind of come up. I mean, like The Blob, the remake, I would say, is better. I hear both mm. are good, though. I, I've only seen the, the remake, and I really loved it, but I haven't seen the original. But I heard the original is like, still pretty good for its time. No? The Blob. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's been a really long time since I've seen the original. The 80s but yeah, the one remake is awesome. So mm-hmm. good. I really lo- was really like pleasantly surprised by how good it was. Because the original, that was Technicolor, wasn't it? Mm. Or filmed in Technicolor? The original The Blob? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's color, yeah. Because it's got that scene that I love where, yeah, where they're in the theater and it's like, you know, coming out of like the projection windows and, and it's like, you know, just slowly oozing into the theater. And mm-hmm. that, that was a cool shot. I, I, I liked it. And they've got that catchy uh, theme song, too, that I never knew came from the blob until I watched the original. Um, I won't hum it, but it's it'll get stuck in your head. It's blob. It's blob. <laughs> <laughs> Spot on. That, that is it. <laughs> But um, 
but yeah, I, I, like John, like you said, I mean, it doesn't come up frequently, you know, where uh, the remake surpasses the original, but it does happen, and, and that happened for me with West Side Story. I don't. The, there's some things that they just capture that um, in the original, sorry, in the remake, that um, just kind of make more sense with the story, uh, especially just kind of like the. I think Hunter, you had wanted to see the remake. But you didn't get to it. John, did you see it? No, I haven't seen the original either. It's, but the original is my mom's favorite movie, but um, since the 80s, she's really does not want to watch anything because everything has too much violence or or uh, cursing or sex or whatever. But when I was like 10, she took me to see Platoon. So there was a point where she was <laughs> into darker movies. So um, I do want to watch both of them. It's tough to decide at this point which to watch first, honestly. I don't know. Mm. Maybe like whichever one, when I'm like looking for a movie one day, just pops up. Sometimes it's just like you're scrolling on the, at the right moment and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll watch this. Uh, I'm definitely interested in watching both. I'm sure there'll be, you know, a decent amount of differences. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, again, obviously you can't have the remake without the original and, and that whole debate, but... Um, all that said and done, I, I, I did I did like the the 1961 version of West Side Story. Um, it's just a good story. Still, uh, just as bleak um, in terms of the ending. And yeah, those are my watches uh, for this week. Nice. And John, uh, what what did you watch? Well, I've most been watching a TV show, which I know is uh, not ideal, but it's been really good. It's uh, I won't well. I won't say what it's called, but it's it's uh, it's one of those where the um, the freaking cliffhangers keep getting you, and you just keep having to find out what's going to happen. They're, it's really a, a really effective strategy. Are you, are you watching Euphoria? No, it, but it is <laughs> okay. it is a um, it's a show that was on uh, TP, TNT. Well, I can say it. it's called Search Party. Um, it started out like kind of funny and a little bit mysterious and it just gets like darker and darker as it goes and still stays funny even though it's dark. It's really interesting. I'm on the third season and I don't know what happens. It just like finished shooting or like the last season just came out recently. It was five seasons and it's only a 20 minute episode kind of show. Uh, so I've been watching that and I just kind of want to see what happens now. I don't want it to get spoiled because that's been I'm not knowing anything. Like, I don't know some people that watch it so it's been really interesting. It's been done, all the surprises that have surprised me, and I'm very into that. So, but I did get to watch um, a movie that I've been wanting to watch for a while, and it's finally streaming on HBO Max. I watched Nobody, uh, directed by Ilya Nyshuler. I think he did. Um, uh, what's it called? Shoot. Um, Wait, did you talk about Nobody last week? No, I talked about it um, in the text. Oh, that's right. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, no, that's okay. He did um, Hardcore Henry, I think, was his first film, which I haven't seen. There's like like um, a lot of uh, first person. Oh, that's right. Yeah, camera look. Um, and this is written by uh, Derek Kolstad, who created the John Wick universe, which I hear is really good, but I've never seen any of of them. I know Hunter is into them for sure. Mm-hmm. Max, have you seen any of the John Wicks? Oh yeah, Big yeah, they're 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 fun. They're awesome. This is really good. It's supposed to be. I mean, because I haven't seen the John Wicks. This is like a little bit more on the comedy side, but the action is really good. Um, Bob Odenkirk's great in this. Uh, also, Christopher Lloyd's in it as his dad. The bad guy's pretty entertaining. His name's Alexi Serebrik. Chaos. He's kind of he's just like kind of like a really, really, really bad guy, but has like some quirks. He sings karaoke. Um, he's kind of like uh, flashy in his violence. He's definitely entertaining. Michael Ironside's in this. Always good to see him. And um, yeah, the action scenes are incredible. Uh, at first, it looks like Bob Odenkirk's just this guy who um, is very meek, and he kind of gets walked over by his family. There's um, a break into his house, and he's a chance to, like, he has like, the upper hand on one of the people breaking in and can, like, could, like, take him out, but he decides just to 
um, not do anything and, and just protect his family without being using any violence. And his family kind of gets on him for that. And uh, then there's this moment where he's talking to his brother um, via CB radio. And he's telling the brother what kind of gun the intruder had and like that there were no bullets in the gun and all these details. And then you realize that Bob Odenkirk is not this nobody at all. He's actually someone with a lot of, as, as Liam Neeson would say, a certain set of skills. <laughs> he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of skills. Um, one thing, the believability in this film is, you know, at some points pretty preposterous, but it's so fun that it doesn't really matter. And, some of the stuff that at the time I'm like, come on. Afterwards, thinking about it, I liked it even more. Um, has a bit of a the climax has a bit of um, a warehouse home alone feel to it. So, really fun. I'll give it a four four out of five. Very solid four out of five. I think it could be even better on a rewatch. And it's just um, you know, there's no real huge meaning behind the film, but it's just like a really really fun time and really well done. The action scenes are. Uh, really well organized. It just it just looks it's just a really good time. So and that's pretty much all I watched this week. All right, I'm actually going to talk about a couple movies that I watched uh, that I uh, that, that's from a Vinegar Syndrome release I picked up during the Black Friday sale. Um, it's a it the uh, release comes with a double feature. It's Nothing Underneath and then a movie called Too Beautiful to Die. These are two. Um, jolly and so and they're basically slashers because like italian jallos from the 80s kind of became slashers but um they are related and, and too beautiful to die i guess it was released as a sequel but they're really only related in in plot like they don't share any characters but they both involve killers who are killing uh models and I, I really enjoyed both movies. I thought they were both really stylish. And I know both movies get compared to uh, to Brian De Palma as far as the style goes. Um, and I can definitely see that. And I like both of them equally. It seems like most people uh, prefer Nothing Underneath. And there's a lot of uh, special features that I, I still haven't gotten around to. Like I know Hysteria Continues does the commentary. I think it, at least on one of the movies, maybe both. But it's definitely my favorite Vinegar Syndrome release that I picked up during the sale. And that's that's all I got. Unfortunately, I have not been watching a whole lot. Mm. But what are you going to do? Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Well, not to you. No. Yeah, not 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 so far this year. But, you know, it's, it's a long year. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Are you going to get to 365 again? Is that a goal or no? <sighs> we'll see. <laughs> it would be nice, you know, like kind of go back to back. But in my, I mean, I'm at 30 so far this year, and that hasn't been that hasn't been bad. Yeah, um, you know, I haven't really felt you know like, like too too stressed, too too. I haven't pushed myself too far. Um, pretty pretty easy easy watches. So it's doable. I'm at 29 nice for the year so far. You're at how many? 29. Oh, okay, nice. nice. Yeah, I think I'm, I might be at 20 or 21. Well, actually, I'm at 30 because I, I, I haven't logged um, uh, our other pick for that I picked that we're not talking about the next next week next week's episode or next the next episode. So I'm right mm, at 30. Oh, okay. But if I keep watching TV, it's going to be trouble. i got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, all right, well, watching TV shows, that's just too controversial. Some of them are just, there's just so many episodes. It's like, if you get if you get in, it's like, it's such a time, it takes up all your time. It yeah. is tough. I mean, like, I, of course, I don't really watch any TV now, but even The X-Files, which I love, I mean, easily my favorite series, if it, is it, I think it's either 24 or 30 episodes a season, and they're like 45 minutes long. I mean, man, at nine seasons or, well, I guess that there's, there might be like two or three new seasons actually, but I think they're all shorter. Mm. Yeah. I wanted to get into X-Files. I never really watched, I've watched some one-off episodes, but like, it's just such a commitment to like really watch it all. I kind of want to watch Columbo too, but that's probably a lot of episodes also. Yeah. I just love Peter Falk. Anything Peter Falk I'm pretty into. Yeah. The X-Files, 
I love. I mean, I'll, I'll rewatch the X. I think I have seen the first nine seasons twice. But uh, but yeah, the first like six or seven seasons are are pretty amazing. All right, you guys ready to review uh, Long Good Friday? Yeah. Yeah. London. Good Friday. Not just any Good Friday, but the long Good Friday. Outside of church? You don't go crucifying people outside of church, not on Good Friday. Harold Shand, undisputed king of London's underworld. Now he's setting up the biggest business deal of his career. Hands across the ocean, right? To the future. Someone is out to stop him. You think of anybody who might have an old score to settle us? Who's big enough to take you on? Someone, somewhere, knows. Right? I want the man who knows. Right. Who fancies what? Auto, casino, stabbing, a bar blowing up. What is this, a gang war? No, no question. Harold and I have no doubt that by tomorrow the problem will be settled. Walk to the car, Billy, or I'll blow your spine off. It's not a shooter, is it, Harold? Oh, don't be silly, Billy. When I come hunting for you with my fingers... I've treated you lot well, even when you was out of order, right? Well, now there's been an eruption! One of my closest friends. He's lying out there in the freezer. And believe me, all of you, nobody goes home until I find out who done it. What should have been the greatest day of Harold's life suddenly becomes the longest. Suddenly, he's fighting for survival. You kidding? We got gang warners, right? We already have. Colin's been carved up, and I've got a bomb in me casino. And you say nothing unusual. The long Good Friday, a terrifying nightmare from which there is no escape. The long Good Friday. Okay, now, normally I have, like, notes that I go over. <laughs> and for this one, I, I, I just don't. I don't have an explanation. I'm, I'm not proud of it. But, uh, but, yeah, I didn't do... Uh, I wrote my notes today, and I just didn't have a lot of time to do much research. So I can tell you it came out in 1980. I think that I can confirm. Yeah, I think that's right. Filmed in 79, came out in 80. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, well, we can just go right into talking about what we what we thought of it. John, what did you think? Uh, well, this movie, I... Besides it, besides it being a crime film, I didn't really know anything about what was going to happen. Um, I guess I kind of figured out it was going to be on Good Friday and that a lot of things were going to happen on that day, but uh, I didn't know anyth- anything from the plot. Or who was going to be in it, except for Bob Hoskins. And uh, gotta say, the first thing that comes to mind with this film is the score, which for the yeah. at the very beginning I thought was kind of weird, but then I like fell in love with it pretty quickly. And uh, something that really got, I think maybe that got me hooked into it is when um, that early scene where they've exchanged the money and they're in that house, and the shattering of the glass is part of the score. It like it like blends in with the score and gets like reverberated i was like this is this is something special (laughs) and uh i don't know it's just really it's a really fun score i I really like i don't know if you guys also felt the same it's definitely notable what like if like it or not it's definitely different from a lot of other ones but uh um uh, for the most part, I was very entertained with this. Um, I think Bob Hoskins is great. I love how emotional he is, whether it's angry at everything that's falling apart around him or how emotional he gets about the friend that he knew from uh, school and uh, service, like um, military service. It's interesting to see a very young Pierce Brosnan in here for a minor role. 
I don't know how old he is. He just looks very young. I wrote Baby Brosnan as a note. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. yeah. Wait, was he at the end? He's at the end, and he's in the uh, he he uh, is in the pool scene early on. He's in is the, he the one that's like holding the gun? He's in the shower when the other guy gets out of the pool and like gives him the eye. Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah. Yeah, and he's in the car at the end too yes. with the gun. Yeah. Okay. That, that like that. Yeah, I did. But in the beginning, dang, huh? All right, anyway, yeah, sorry. Anyway, John, no. yeah, go keep on. Um, as I've said so many times, I love early 80s, late 70s stuff, but there's just so many cool cars in this in this uh, film, and it's just like the way these films are shot, something about the way the film looks just looks really good. Like these, these this era, um, when it's been treated properly, really holds up beautifully. Uh Hoskins has some great quotes when he's upset. I think I think when things start really going bad, and he doesn't know why, he says, "You'd need a million dollar computer to understand this," <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> and he has this weird one where he's like, um, "So something about something goes wrong, and it's like a a silent deadly fart. No one knows. Then you go and and you go cross-eyed or something. <laughs> it's really <laughs> weird. I wonder if he improv those lines or not. I don't know, but they're good." <clears throat> Um, I have a couple lines in my notes coming up. Pretty strong stuff. <laughs> I don't know if if you guys watched this on. I watched it on HBO Max, but it's a Criterion cut or whatever. But the the subtitles are pretty poor. They did not catch a lot of the. Um, I mean, the accents are pretty strong, but a lot of the <clears throat> a lot of the meanings of what's being said are pretty off. That if it wasn't English, we would be confused i think by i i i realize that some of it is pretty tough to hear but some of it's just like we could do better you know or it could use a little touching up i really enjoyed the camera shot when um they're interrogating the guys and they put them all on meat hooks upside down and then you kind of like get that feel of what it might look like for them that was really fun um there's a part right before the end where it kind of lost some momentum, and I feel like films like this, where it's pretty entertaining throughout, there's, there's always seems to be a point where there's a lull, um, but it was pretty short-lived, and I thought the ending came back pretty strong. There's one kill that I thought was cool, it's pretty bloody, and since there isn't a lot of blood in this film, I thought that was extra effective, like just seeing that, it was a little bit shocking. Um, the bottle, the bottle. The bottle, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the uh, when Helen Mirren. I think is really good in this. Um, even like when she's not doing a lot, she's just interesting on screen. And there's a part towards the end where she's trying to hold uh, Bob Hoskins back from something, and he's like dragging her across the pavement. And like that just looked really real to me. Like it, it just felt like I felt like the intensity of that scene. I thought that was really good. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that. Um, pretty strong, like not perfect, but I really enjoyed it. And I thought most of the performances were really good. The film looks really, really good. And, um, yeah, that score just kept me entertained throughout. I just really loved it. I don't know if that guy's done a lot of scores, but I would definitely be interested in hearing some more stuff he did. I think it can really boost an okay film into a good film and a good film to a great one. And Max, what did you think? Yeah, I like to John's point. It's definitely like once that like score kicks in, um, it's it's a very distinct score. Um, definitely very, I don't know, very eighties to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, I know this is. Technically, I guess. I guess it's technically a seventies movie, but again, released in eighty. Um, but yeah, like once. I don't know. Like once, once it kind of settles in, and you're watching it, and you're used to it, um, it's it's enjoyable. It's catchy, um, but I think it serves the movie well. So that was like the you know one of the takeaways. I and this happened to me too with um, oh who am I think um, Guy Ritchie, like his movies, yeah, um, where you know you've got these like very English characters and john to your point of 
it's like they just talk so quickly and and it's in you know what i would assume would be like british slang so it's like fast talking and like slang and so you know meanings and, and words are kind of missed where you're kind of like watching almost like a, like a ping pong match and yeah. it's like wait what 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 did they just say like what did i just hear and it's easy to kind of get lost and that's kind of the sense that i had with this movie um was essentially kind of keeping up with like who's who and and who's done what and 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 you know where are they and so but that said like that didn't really take away i think it's you know again a, a, a strong cast and i guess from what i was reading this is like bob hoskins like breakout role yeah i read that too yeah um which is you know that's always kind of fun to to watch something that like kind of like helped jumpstart someone's career i i I love that character um razors which (laughs) you know that's a great like sidekick kind of you know bad guy name but the look of him too just obviously matched uh matched his name but i think again like establishing I, i like like the mystery component of this movie of you know, I mean, essentially Bob Hoskins, you know, trying to make a deal with you know members of the American um, mafia, and then just having all these things happening that you know, like trying to like keep calm and keep cool, but you know, these aren't small things. It's you know, it's members of his gang you know dying or you know things being blown up, um, and yeah, it's some definitely some memorable kills and. Um, assassinations, the the shower scene, like we mentioned, razors, and the character that they um, interrogate that was in bed previously. Oh yeah, there's something uh, about getting cut when you're like naked. It's just it's just extra shocking to me. Yeah, that well, yeah, <laughs> naked and then like right across the butt cheeks. Like, <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a new one for me too. Right, like that's like a that is a. I, my note is butt cut, uh, but that, that's uh, that's one that sticks with you of just yeah razor blade uh, across the cheeks. I couldn't uh, I, I couldn't take that scene sitting down actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I you know like you're saying you know, I, I think there's always like you know, keep, keeping you invested for you know two hours there's always going to be like, like a little bit of time where you know, they've, they've got to like wrap up their loose ends and move it forward. And you kind of hit that lull, but you know, again, you don't really feel that in this movie. It's, it's still enjoyable. Yeah. I had a note for the, uh, the body of the meat locker, um, or bodies, I should say that was a very, just kind of unique scene, um, of how they shot that. And like, yeah, like, like I think like John, you said like the, the disorientation, of you know what it would be like to <laughs> be dangled upside down in a meat locker and, oh man and <laughs> scary it's stuff. A fa- <laughs> yeah that which there was a movie not not too like the past year or two that did something with a meat locker oh um the matthew mcconaughey one uh the gentleman oh, i haven't seen that yet i think that's what it was Is that guy but anyway um oh it's a guy Ritchie movie right yeah yeah, it, I liked it. I think I saw it twice, and and it, it, it's it's fast. But there's a, another pivotal scene in a in a meat locker there, so maybe they're just onto something <laughs> over across the pond with with how they torture. Um, but no, I, other than that, um, yeah, I get another note about the music uh, as they're burning the, uh, the 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 bloody clothes, and that you know just kind of a just just. Is a good scene, and yeah, the finale at the racetrack, and then and then obviously the the, the true finale, kind of driving away or, or being driven away, I should say, uh, in the in the taxi, is fairly memorable. So overall, you know, I, I said it was you know a little bit difficult to follow at some parts, um, but overall pretty entertaining. All right, well, I um, yeah, I guess I agree with a little bit of. Of both of y'all. Now, John, I do agree the movie does kind of run out of steam for a little bit, but I, I did love a, a lot of the long Good Friday. E- even if, like Max, I agree there were parts where I was kind of like, 
maybe not completely with the plot, but it didn't bother me too much. I did love the score. I think the score is awesome. It reminds me of, uh, well, it feels really out of place for a British movie for some reason. I think of their British movies as having a pretty traditional score. Yeah. And this felt way more like it was out of a an Italian movie. Like the theme song is like if Goblin did a disco no, absolutely. song or something. No, I think it, as soon as you mentioned like it felt out of place, I was like Italian. It feels more like an Italian score for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do think the score gives the movie kind of an, an energy boost. And the movie starts off with a bang. I mean, I love how the opening unfolds like you don't know the connection between any of these people and you don't really know what's going on but it's, it's exciting and you really and you want to see what's happening next like i thought the opening was was really strong i loved bob hoskins i i <laughs> i haven't seen him in very many movies um especially from this era and i i thought he was great i love his character arc like seeing him have complete control and then watching his control slip away as the movie goes on, I, I just thought was was fun to watch. And it's not a comedic movie, but he has some lines <laughs> I thought were so funny. Like when now his friend childhood friend is Colin, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so Colin um when he dies in like that public pool or whatever that is, or when he's killed, and they say that an ice cream truck's gonna take him away. Hoskins yeah. says Oh, well, there's a lot of dignity in that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was good. And I, and I do in the scene, I don't know if this is if he's questioning people in the meat locker at this point. Maybe this is like the meat locker scene, but someone's telling him like they don't know anything, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And Hoskins says, shut up, you little streak of paralyzed piss. I <laughs> had <laughs> 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 never heard that before, but in it, it did make me laugh you know, quietly at, at four, around 4.12 of this morning. He also says at one point, he goes, um, they're talking, he's talking about his mom almost getting blown up in the car, and he goes, someone's really trying to wind me up. <laughs> like that, that's what he got from that. <laughs> yeah, he's he's so good in this. I really enjoyed him. And I had, the one. Oh, yeah. oh, go ahead, Max. Oh, I just I was trying to find uh, the, and the the one I, the kill as well when they when they, the um they find the guy the, the one that's been nailed to the floor. Oh yeah. And um, same thing. Hoskins says, you know, I, I just looked it up. Alan, Alan found him dying. He'd been nailed to the floor. And then Jeff says, "When was this then?" And, and Hoskins goes, "Well, it must have been just after you saw him." Just before Alan saw him. Otherwise, you'd have noticed, wouldn't you? I mean, a, gaze, a geezer nailed to the floor. A man of your education would definitely have spotted that, wouldn't he? <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, there's some, like you're saying, there's some there's some, some fun ones in this thing. And Piers Brosnan showing up. I, I had no idea he was in this. No, and I think, me either. I think it was his second credit. And his character is just, he's credited as, as a first Irishman. So he doesn't even have a name, which is weird because, I mean, he doesn't have... Actually, I don't know if he talks at all in the movie. Does he have any lines? Uh, I don't think so. If anything, he just like stares. very, very yeah. like, low-volume, like, quick words. That's it, yeah. Almost nothing. if Or nothing. But he plays kind of a, kind of a major part. I mean, he, and, you know, in, in bringing down Hoskins' uh, character. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, and I like the meat locker scene. I thought was a highlight. I love the way it's shot. And uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I did really enjoy it. I thought it was, you know, pretty entertaining. I wouldn't say I, I love it. Like I, I wouldn't give it like a four point five or a five. But I think there are some great moments in the style. Like I, I agree, John. Like the cinematography, I think is awesome. I thought some of the editing was really great. And. Uh, yeah, and the, and the scene at that race, I have no idea what kind of race that, that is. Um, yeah, they call it stock car racing, but it looks more like a demolition derby. It's 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 really wild. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that scene's great. When Hoskins 
Yeah, when he kills like his right hand man or whatever. I mean, that scene's amazing. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's some great stuff, but yeah, I do think that it just does run run out of steam. And Max, I am kind of with you where there was just like a lot of characters and kind of keeping up with it and with the like the fast dialogue too. I, I actually, John, even though you said the subtitles were pretty poor, I almost wish I had turned them on. Because I think it would have helped me, you know, kind of keep up. It does. It does still help, but it's just like you could tell a lot of the stuff was wrong. But it, it still gives you a better idea than, than maybe some of just your your ears would give you. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's really uh, that's all I got for this movie. Did, do you guys have anything to to add? One thing I forgot is I do really like the very end when he, Hoskins is is uh, in the car and you just kind of look at. 45 seconds of his facial expressions. He's like kind of almost going through the eight, however many stages of grief there are. <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, those, those scenes don't always, don't always work for me when they like sit on something for that long, but that one really did. It was, it's kind of a perfect way to end the film. So I think that's it for me. Nice. All right. Yeah, well, I guess, I, Oh, go ahead, Max. Oh, I was just going to say, I, uh, just circling back to Pierce Brosnan quickly, because he, I mean, he does play a pivotal role in that shower kill. And I had been doing, maybe not the safest search, but just um, his role in the film. And they do ask a good question of where exactly did he hide that knife? Yeah, I, I, mm. I, I saw that scene twice. And I think it's just like in his hand the whole time, like his hands closed. But it's a good question. Because you can only fit so much in a speedo. That's <laughs> true. So what a statement that is. <laughs> that's not. I can't take credit for that. That's the film experience. Um, April showers. Don't flirt with P- Pierce Brosnan. Uh, <laughs> that's the that's the takeaway from this movie. Uh, but anyway, I thought that was a, a worthwhile uh, pick up there. So, other than that. Other than Pierce Brosnan's Speedo in the shower, that wraps up the long group Friday for me. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and rate, uh, rate this movie. John? Uh, solid four out of five. I was going to go top 1,000, but uh, then I went to top 500. Because I, I feel like there's a lot, enough individual things that were memorable for me that bumped it up to that top 500 for me so yeah four out of five. Oh, i was hoping you would say that it you bumped it down to the top 1100 <laughs> I, haven't made, Just... I haven't made that list yet it's it's getting there it'll get there okay. never in order except for alphabetical because it's impossible to order these things oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah and max what did you give it i i had fun i enjoyed it i gave it a 3.5 yeah and i gave it a a four and this is one I would definitely rewatch because uh, I mean, there's enough great moments that I think it's it's worth uh, revisiting. Yeah, it has rewatchability mm-hmm. for sure. Like even when stuff doesn't like we had those lulls in there and maybe everything doesn't quite come together. There's enough individual good things to rewatch again. Yeah, and Hoskins mm-hmm. himself just really entertaining. I want to watch more yeah. Bob Hoskins stuff now. I don't really know what else he's in besides. Roger Rabbit. <laughs> well, I think he's in another kind of crime movie called Mona Lisa. Okay. Mm-hmm. That. Oh, well, Brazil. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I've seen Brazil. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've heard Mona Lisa is pretty good, but yeah, I I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, that's a solid cast: Michael Caine, Robbie Coltrane. Um, for uh, Mona Lisa. Oh yeah, yeah, and Neil Jordan directed it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like he's made some decent movies, but I can't uh, think of any off the top of my head. Oh, it's an Interview with the uh, the Vampire. Oh, okay. Oh, and um, Greta. I've been wanting to see that one. Which looked, never, that was a newer movie from 2018. I've but... never seen a, a Neil Jordan film either. Zero of 22. Maybe it's time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> mix it up. Just go crazy. Why not? Get some more Hoskins in your life, people. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, I think 
I think that brings us to uh, to the stand pick of the week. Max, are you ready? I am. And I this should be prefaced with I think that the stand pick will will soon be transitioning um, to a to a different golden age uh, actress. But uh, this week I do have um, from 1931 uh, Night Nurse. That was um, that was uh, I like that one a lot. It's actually a pre code Barbara Stanwyck, um, and. Which is rather surprising, I will say. Watching stuff from you know, from that era, from that from that decade, um, especially pretty code. There's there's things that happen that I think just kind of throw you for a loop. I mean, they're still pretty tame in terms of the things that are you know in movies these days. But again, um, seeing 30s actresses like changing into their nightgowns and stuff, it's just kind of like, oh, I didn't think that would be happening. But it is weird, uh, yeah. Like just seeing that in that time, you're like, wait a minute. Is this real? <laughs> What's going right. on? Right. Am I watching like like a, a remake of a any you know? So it was filmed in like 2017. Yeah. But um, nope. Short and sweet. 72 minutes. Directed by William Wellman. Um, it's also got a, a pretty great villainous uh, performance by Clark Gable, and it's also uh, it also stars jo- uh, Joan Blondell. Oh, nice. And yeah. It's 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 pretty crazy. Um, you've got it's pretty crazy, and it's on um, the cheapest way to watch it right now is on Apple for two ninety nine. Um, but it's worth the rent if you are looking for something uh, to mix things up. Wait a minute, have you already talked about this one? Because I remember talking about Stanwyck putting that garter on. You might have mentioned this one already. Oh, I do. Wait, yeah, because did we talk about my rating it at 2.5? Uh, I don't... I think we talked about this one. It's, it's tough. When you're doing one actor, that is like... Two, tough. four, six, eight, ten, eleven. Night Nurse would make eleven. This is episode thirteen. But I know that there were some early episodes that we missed picks. I will say it's in my watch list, and it wouldn't have been otherwise. So it probably... Mm-hmm. And like that, yeah. that garter is really striking a chord. <laughs> <laughs> it? Huh. Hmm. I wouldn't unless, be surprised. Unless there's another Stanwyck from the 30s with a garter. <laughs> it's, which could be. There, there was a... I, there was an entire um, Criterion collection of pre-code Stanwyck. So, oh yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, when they, I think when they first rolled it out. Um. Well, okay. I didn't have it on my list. So, but to be safe, uh, I'm like eighty percent that that we uh, talked about. Well, after this, after this episode, I will have a list so we can go. Because for me. I'm kind of pulling stuff from Tubi, and I'm getting a little confused about what I've talked about too. So, yeah, I've been I've been tracking them because I've I've got the ones, but it's entirely possible because I have watched it before. So, um, okay, I guess I do have another one that I could recommend, and so I guess if we find out that I didn't recommend Night Nurse. Yeah, I'll know by tomorrow. I'll, I'll put it in the group text whether whether what everyone's talked about and whether that one was repeated or not. Because we can edit it out and then yeah. keep Night Nurse, or I'll jump in here in a second with the other one and we'll just use that. Whoa, this is the Night Walker from 1964. That was a crazy cover. Oh my gosh. There's a, there's a devil on a lady in a nightgown, and then there's a hand with an eyeball <laughs> in its hand. <laughs> I know. I want to watch it, but it just hasn't not available on streaming anywhere. Yeah. It's in uh it's in the watch list though. Um yeah, you talked about Night Nurse 100%. I checked all the all dang. the Stanwick covers. It's definitely that one. Okay. Uh, uh Okay. I I've got another one that I'm I'm fairly certain we have not talked about. The Plow and the Stars. Definitely no. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. No, no one's got it on there. I want to watch? You know so what? Yeah. No yeah. one's rated it yeah, either. I think that that's like the little bonus. Clip okay. Because usually when you guys talk about something, I'll add it while you're talking about it, just so I can watch it at some point. Like, uh, toys not for children. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> so let me see. Okay. So Hunter, you said, Max, do you have the stand pick? Mm-hmm. So we. So that can be the marker, and then. Or oh, I, I can say, Max, do you have the stand pick again? Oh, and then just, just cut the whole thing. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Let's see, yeah. Let's do that just to make it easy for John. All right. All right. Well, Max, that brings us to your stand pick of the week. Perfect. Um, I've got one ready. It's from 1936, "The Plow and the Stars," directed by John Ford. Um, our favorite uh, Barbara stars as. Um, <laughs> The wife of a husband who is a member of the uh, Irish Citizen Army during the Easter Rebellion. It is cur- it's currently streaming on Criterion Channel. Uh, it's again, it's it's a weaker Stanwick, um, which you know, a, 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 an a- average actress could only aspire to to achieving. So, um, it's a good watch. Again, it's from the '30s, so it's it's a little wooden. Um, but no, I recommend it. Like I said, it's on Criterion. It's a very crisp 72 minutes and I, I love that runtime, but yeah, that's the plow and the stars. All right. And John, you got a dream stream ready? It's not crisp, but I do. It's, um, <laughs> 138 minutes in one take, which is pretty wild and it's a little bit stressful. So it's a commitment, but it's a, it's a, it's a fun ride. Like this is something where, I know Max talks about this a lot when you're watching a foreign film, which this also is, uh, you have to pay more attention because you have to read everything and you can't just look away. Um, And I think there's something about a one-shot film. I know it's kind of a gimmick, but in in this plot line of this film, I think it really works and it's just like a really intense experience. It's um, Victoria from 2015, directed by Sebastian Shipper. And the tagline is, one city, one night, one take. So they're all about the one take. But it is a really cool achievement. I think they filmed three attempts at it, and the third one they kept. Um, A young Spanish woman who is newly moved to Berlin finds her flirtation with a local guy turn potentially deadly as their night out with his friends reveals a dangerous secret. Something I like about this is something I like about Hitchcock films a lot is when it's something, someone kind of gets in the middle of something without their knowing it or without the intention to do so. They're kind of like caught in something against their, you know, it's not necessarily a mistake they made or it's not something they deserve. So you kind of root for them. Um, And it's just something where, a lot happens in this one night and you just follow along and it's just the tension keeps riding up and uh yeah it's it, it it's a gut-wrenching experience so i don't want to say too much more than that it is on canopy 2b showtime 138 minutes which is a lot for one shot but uh i think it's a really worthwhile experience if you're in the right mood and uh yeah it's in top 1k Nice. Yeah, this has been on my watch list for forever, and I just haven't watched it yet. But I've I've heard it's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. I, I actually would like to watch it again. I've only seen it the one time. I'm ready for my favorite part of the show. All right, <laughs> so the week, baby. <laughs> it's the uh, bleak of the week, and I've got. Okay, so I I haven't seen this one in a little bit. I did watch it last year. But I watched it in April, and I've seen so many horrible images that you know it's hard to um, it's hard to recall exact moments of bleakness. But I'm going to talk about an Italian movie because nobody does bleak better. Uh, whoa, that was hard to say. Nobody does bleak better. Let's face it. This is a, an Umberto. Lindsay movie and it's Cannibal Ferox. This is a pretty tough movie, although it's not 
nearly as tough as Cannibal Holocaust. I'll, mm. I'll say that. But it has everything that you expect from a can, an Italian cannibal movie. You know, there's um, cannibalism. I don't, I don't know why that's so funny. That sentence is so funny. Anything you'd expect from a can, Italian cannibal film. Well, they, they, I mean, there, they, there are you know, differences, but they all seem to, well, obviously cannibalism, they all have, <laughs> and this is not, this is going to upset a lot, a large population. They have real animal killings. You know, mm. you know what? Um, when I watched, um, it's a zombie it's the Italian zombie where they're like um, on the island and the the ship comes back to New York. Oh, yeah. Zombie flesh eaters? Yes. I thought that was going to be what happens. Like, the I thought that was the film. I think it's Cannibal Holocaust that is the one with the animal stuff. Mm. So, whenever I saw an animal on film and zombie flesh eaters, I was like, oh, God, here it comes. But it, it wasn't that film. So, it was. Scared the whole time for no reason, but yeah, it's I don't know if I can ever watch <laughs> Cannibal Holocaust. I cannot. It's just like, ugh, the animals back in the day on, on these films is just like brutal. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, like seeing like mm. a sea turtle get killed and stuff. It's horrible. Oof. Yeah, I don't even know if I have to say anything else. Yeah, um, I, I mean, animal killings. It doesn't get you know, much worse than that. It does not. People getting tortured, of course. <laughs> um. I did like the movie. I, let me see what I rated this. Uh, Don't say puppy. Sle- <laughs> sleazy adventure. Yeah. Oh, 3.5. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. so definitely trashy. It's a movie that's been banned in 31 countries. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. But uh, somehow I was able to have a, a, a good time watching it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's streaming. It's probably streaming everywhere. I know it's on. Oh, it's on Canopy and Tubi. Okay. Mm. So, um, if you're in the mood to feel not so great, Cannibal <laughs> Ferox is pretty good. And good luck to you. Yeah. All right. And John, where can we be found on social media? Well, on Instagram, you can find us at semi underscore cinematic. Uh, on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash semi-cinematic pod one word uh on twitter it's semi underscore cinematic and on letterboxd it's semi-cinematic one word and i'm going to start putting up some lists on there of films we've rated uh the stand picks whatever star that max picks for 2022 to follow uh hunter's bleak bleaks of the week and my free dream streams which may not be free when the list is made but they probably will because once they're free they usually stay available that way so you can keep a little easier track of ones that we've talked about if you want to watch them all and our email if you have complaints or praise for our picks is semi-cinematicpod at gmail.com all right and that brings us to the end uh thanks for listening everybody oh looking forward to next week and uh always a pleasure see y'all next time Bye. <laughs>